Listener Production. Good morning, sports fans. Welcome to The Scorecard. I'm Liam Flanagan and this, for the final time, is your fast, fun hit of sport for Saturday the 2nd of March. It is the final episode of The Scorecard. We've been through an amazing journey. Thank you to everyone who's listened regularly. Thank you to everyone who's listened just once. And if this is your first time, welcome to The Scorecard. I want to say a couple of big thank yous. Firstly, to Brett Thomas, who jumped on board the scorecard last year and became the co-host of it. He did an awesome job. The man knows his sport. He is a legend. Most importantly, I want to give a big shout-out to somebody no one will know about, but Matt Curry. He's the audio producer extraordinaire behind the scorecard. Every clip, every grab, every smart-ass joke I have made, he has edited down into a fine podcast production on a daily basis. So, cuz, you're a guru, couldn't have done it without you. But this is the last episode, but let's have some fun. Let's do something different. I am in Las Vegas at the moment, and we're going to focus in on rugby league. NRL has broken new ground in bringing the game to the United States and supported by their broadcast partner, Fox Sports over here and KO that we are bringing rugby league to America and broadcasting it back to Australian audiences. I can't wait to go to the games. And so in anticipation of that, I broke the golden rule my wife gave me of not bringing anybody into my room while I was here. And I dragged in my radio host, Ben Dobbin, insider of the NRL world, hooked in better than most. And I also managed to drag a rugby league legend, state of origin, hero to Queensland, and one of the most fearsome blokes to ever play the game, Gordon Tallis. Gordon Tallis, Ben Dobbin, join me in my Las Vegas bedroom to talk all things Las Vegas and all things rugby league. Hope you enjoy. Dobbo, I made my wife one promise when I told her I was coming to Vegas, and it's that I wouldn't bring anybody back to my room. <laughs> and I've broken that promise. Two of the best-looking blokes ever. Uh, well, one very good-looking bloke, one ogre. Gordon Tallis. How are you? I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm fantastic. Well, I'm George Clooney with the light off. George Looney with it on. <laughs> so, Mate, we are here in Vegas. So cool. This, you, you were here late last year as well. Yeah. You, you, I, coming back, how have you found it the second time well, around? first time when I came here, we didn't know how it was going to happen. You're asking and like, what are you doing? Because you've got the camera out and Americans are inquisitive, you know. What are you doing? I said, we're coming over here for, for like rugby league. Is it going to work? Well, now I'm back. I'm actually really excited. And the reason is, is like I've been fortunate enough to play on some great stadiums from Lang Park number one and you know, Wembley and all that. But to play here and the more I think about it, if I'm a guy and I've retired and I played where Elvis played, like Elvis, the entertainer, our greatest entertainer, played on this strip, right? Like the famous people that have yeah. come here to make it in the bright light. So to have our game here, it's like the more you think about it, I think the bigger the occasion would come. There's been some distra- some distractors about it, like and people have been. How anybody can't see this is not great for the game. Rugby yeah. league has never been talked about more. I was in the street last night, and people would be coming. People want to ask about it, they, and it's a five year plan. Yeah. And I say this generally, Fox need to be congratulated on this. Well, it's the game as well. Yeah. yeah. And, and- Ed of Landis and and Fox, they need to be congratulated. Gordy, is this the future? Is there, is there a, a pathway for rugby league? in Las Vegas in the United States. Well, I'll break something on this show, Dobbo. We love a breaking story. PVL is going to talk to Fox One, which is the place that's going, and they want a game every week. So that's the next push. So we get one game, but then 
to have repeat performance. So they want to have an NRL game. So whatever it is, right, the best game of the weekend gets beamed in here. So if it's a Friday night game, it gets beamed in and it'll come in at the right time and it's not going to clash with any American sports. It's going to come in and just keep on putting rugby league on for the 30 weeks. And then that's what we need to do. And then the way I look at it, right, so there's going to be people, oh, mate, why, why are you going there? And there's grassroots, there's all these things. But if Manchester United come and play in Sydney, why? Because the fans turn up. If the LA Dodgers come and play at the Sydney Cricket Ground, why? So I think that once you've got your markets sewed, and I think we have got Australia pretty much sewn up, I think go there and show them our product. Because what we're doing is just taking our product to the world. And I think our product stands up. Are we going to be number one? Are we going to take over NFL? I'd say no. I'd say never in a million years. But I think that if we can come and it's an alternative that when your season's not going, because we don't clash with their season, there's these Aussies that play a pretty similar game. Let's talk about the footy because I think what some people might be confused about, this, these aren't exhibition games, this is the start of the oh, season, right? So yeah. we've actually, there's points up for grabs and we spoke to uh, Woodsy on the show yesterday about the idea of flying all the way back home empty-handed from these games and that would be a tough thing to do, you know, Manly obviously taking on uh, the South, in the, that's the KO exclusive game and then you've got uh, Bronx Roosters. Bronx Roosters... That the grand final hangover, do you do you think it's going to be there? Um, we spoke about it on 360 last night and the guys seem to think that it is. I know that the Broncos have addressed it. I think they waited till everybody come back and they spoke about it. And there were so many positives that come out of that game. I would have looked at the positives. And the negatives, I reckon they thought that they had the game won with 18 minutes to go and maybe they took their foot off the accelerator. So there's certain things. And, yeah, that's going to haunt them for the rest of their life. Of course, when you lose something, it's going to haunt you for the rest of their life. There's games, there's injuries, there's all those things. But that's in the back of your mind. I think that normally can galvanise you and toughen you up. Like it, like it makes your armour stronger. So if they keep on thinking about the last 18 minutes, of course it's going to affect them. But if they think of the time before that, that they, that they had a grand final one and they played against the perfect, and I said it last night, they played against the perfect Penrith side that made one mistake. Can Penrith play that football again? Can I ask you this? I spoke to Kevy about it, this, and he said, we stopped playing the Broncos way. And he said, this, I said, what, what do you want for this year from your side? He said, we've got to play the Broncos way. He said, Alf knows about it. I know about it. I've got to teach these guys. You were part of that. What, what, what's the Broncos? And, and it was something about like <clears throat> never, well, like you're putting teams away, not just like when you like that, it uh, went on. What is it? Alan Langer had a saying, send the crowd home early. Yeah. So when Alf didn't talk too much, he, he just led by his actions. But every now and then if we went... To a, to a place, whether it was Newcastle and they were on fire and they'd won five or six in a row or, you know, we're going somewhere. Elf, just the last thing before we'd walk out of the tunnel, he goes, let's send this crowd home early. And what that meant was their team has no chance of beating us. We have driven the nail in that far that they go, quick, let's beat the traffic. Like it's not a, you know, and it wasn't an arrogant thing. It was just send them home. And I think, and I and I remember to the Bulldogs grand final where, they were ahead at halftime, then we got into a lead, and it was probably 20 minutes ago, but we knew that. Well, I thought we had them beat, and Kevy got us together. He goes, listen here, it's not fucking over. These blokes, are, and then we, like, jumped back on and got our... I don't think that was said in last year's grand final, no, but that, they don't have a Kevy Walters that's 1-7. But he said he's now going to try and teach him. He said that's Well, that should have been Adam Reynolds' job. Yeah, yeah. Right, so that's your captain's job. So he was the leader at the time. We sort of started to get a bit ahead of our time. Like there's Ramam and it's Gordon, Reese Walsh and all that. And it's because you're playing in the biggest thing and, you know, there's probably an eye up on the trophy and we're going to get you in, in like 18 minutes. That might have, I thought it, right? So but then that's when someone goes, hey, 
Mine on the job, but not finish it. Smoke goes over, let's go. You know what I mean? And that's and that comes with experience. And now I think that they all should have that in the back of their mind. They're a really easy pick this year for a lot of experts to slide because they take four from that grand final 17 are gone. Yep. Right? You got Flegger and Farmworth going to the Dolphins. Yep. Uh, you got Cape Wells going to the Warriors. Yep. And their other one. Oh, yeah, he's gone to the Titans. He's gone to Keenan the Titans. Keenan Palace has gone to the Titans. Thank you. Two, two middles, two big middles. Do you, do you think the depth is there to cover that? Well, Pierre Cura, right, there's a reason why Cape Wells gone. And I think he did a fantastic job and he's a winner, right? So, And he's been a journeyman but then he's sunk in and he's that barometer where he does everything. But if you watch the way Peter Kura, if you spoke about by round 12 and you lose that young kid at 20 to keep someone at 32, that's that's the salary cap working, right? So when they say, does it even team? But he's going to go do a great job at the Warriors, but Peter Kura's so he's good. He, he's he's footwork and that, so I think that he probably would have went past him. Okay. But it's a de- decision like in 20. And then Selwyn Cobbo, right, as great he is, it's time for him to step up and go in the centre. So, yes, they've lost some players, right, but you've got Paddy Carey and you've still got Payne Hash, you've got Peter Kura okay. coming in. Like, they've got enough to cover. But, yes, those losses are big. And the way Flegler finished the season in Farmworth, they were probably – two of the best players in the competition in their position. Now, this is going to wear on a Friday on our show. Yep. You are, I mean, Kevin Walters, you're, you're as hooked into the Broncos as you can be. Marty Tapau, yep. is he playing? Or Xavier Williston's been named? Marty Tapau. Sorry, Marty Tapau, my apologies. I'm not sure. I would go, okay. I don't know, let's go there's to a, the There's a reason I the, ask. Let's go to the round man to see him. Let, well, there's a, this is why I ask because he hasn't been named, but our man here has has not once but twice stacked his reputation that Marty Tapau will take the field for the Broncos this weekend. Yeah, he could be there in the warm-up as 18th man <laughs> and kick the ball back. So he's not going to be wrong. He's going to walk on the field. because He will least... be in the 17. Yeah. He'll wear number 22. And he'll be in the 17. I stake my reputation. But that's, but that's not even really a big thing like to have. Like, like you know when you run out there and play <laughs> and number 22, you don't even know who he is, unless it's Emmett Smith, right, or someone like that. Like C- Cooper Cronk in the 23 in the grand final. There, yeah, yeah, we well, remember that one. Okay, well, then that's a different 22 or 23. But when it's someone on the bench and they're coming in, it's like, who cares? I never looked at the bench. I never once when I played looked at a bench player. Hey, because there's a reason why he can't make the top 30. <sighs> hey, <laughs> no, but it's true, right? Like, it, it is. It is. It hey. is true, mate. There's a mate, There's who's, a show. Who's the best player in the game right now? Is it Nathan Cleary by daylight? By what daylight? By, by the whole day. No, he's a very good player. Who's the best? What? Latrell Mitchell, Tommy yeah. Turbo, James Tedesco. Reese, Reese Walsh, Cameron Munster, throw them all in a blender. Someone will come out. Payne has. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, there's, there's some not, great players. Look, I, look, I, th- I think through my era, like the best player, you know, when if Laurie Daly had a great month, he was the best player. But Brad Fitlow, and then you had mm. Darren Lockyer, then you had Alan Langer, then you had Ricky Stewart. Like there's like, yes, I think Nathan Cleary's on top of his game, and I, th- his last 18 minutes of football. He's probably the best player in the game, right? But then you look at 15 minutes when Reese Walsh and Ezra Mann stood him up and he missed three tackles. And if Broncos win, you go, well, Ezra Mann, has he taken over? So, <laughs> yes, yeah. so in one half of football, like in one game, Nathan Cleary's feeling bad because he probably could have lost the game for Penrith and he ended up winning it. So is he, I think he's in the top five or six, absolutely. Hey, give us your tips for the two games this week. I think Brisbane. Brisbane um, beat yeah. the Roosters? 
Yeah, but I just, you know, like I've been seeing the Roosters boys, they're pretty serious. So, mm. You know, they've been getting a coffee and it look like they got their game face mm. on. And Manly and South is a little bit harder to pick, right? But I think South's combination will click quicker than Manly's new okay. one. I think with Luttrell and Cody, they just know each other a little bit more. Cookie, they've played more footy. But with Luke Brooks and those guys and Tommy hasn't played a lot, I think it might be a little bit clunky for Manly. But that's a tough one to pick as well. It's going to be amazing. Allegiant Stadium, the double header. It's groundbreaking yeah. stuff for the NRL. Let's talk a little bit more Vegas. He knows Vegas better than any. He he has a lot. He got married in Vegas. Did you know this? He got married in Vegas. Cold there. At the, at the little chapel that of Bells? little chapel, yeah. yeah. Well, we're going to get Elvis, but he was too expensive. He was 700 US. I didn't want to spend that. <laughs> Jim got married. Yeah. I yeah, didn't know time. that. Yeah, so, no, Vegas, it's funny. It's a weird place. I, I actually really like it. Like, I, um, I was here for 10 hours. I've probably been here five or six, maybe eight times. I've been here about mm. eight times. It's, it's, it's a pretty cool place. I He's don't, connected here. He's very connected. The underworld. And he, doesn't, but, and he hey. doesn't like to admit it, but he has deep roots in this place. Very good friends of his have very deep roots here. <laughs> He won't admit this. He's staying very he quiet. Won't, he won't admit it. What do you mean? Hey, let's let's talk about this joint though, right? You guys, have, you've come here as Dobbo just said. You come here a bit. Which former teammate of yours back in your day? Do you like if if this concept had been around when you were playing? Which former teammate of yours would have thrived the most being in Las Vegas? Well, we did come to Las Vegas as a uh, as a Bronco team. My right. first ever trip away with them was at the end of 96, 97. I hadn't played, but we went to America on a trip away and we are going to watch the Denver Broncos and meet the Denver Broncos, right. which was really cool. And we came to Vegas and we stayed. And Wayne was with us. It was the whole group. We had a great time. Went from here to New Orleans to Denver. And Darren Lockyer and Ben Walker sat on the tables for like 20 hours, didn't move. <laughs> so Wayne had to come and get them off. Should I be telling the story? <laughs> but, but, this is how cool it was. Barry White. The was Barry sitting, White. Barry White was playing and Samuel L. Jackson. In the playing same the same, table. yeah. Like, 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 so, so that's what this place is like. So, like, you can go some places and it's, like, it's cool. Because, like, we see them on TV think that you yeah. can't touch them. There's no VIP rooms. They play on the gaming floor. So... I, can I tell you a story that George Rose told me yesterday? Went out to see Timmy Zoo's gym, and I asked George, "Who like you, you've just mentioned two huge celebrities?" I'm like, "If you could bump into anybody here, who would you love to bump into?" And obviously, with what he does now with No Limit, he said, "I look, I'm still in awe of Floyd Mayweather, and he lives here, and I, and he's and he said he's like he goes shopping at the Forum every Thursday. He's always at he goes shopping at Floyd Mayweather with his whole entourage goes shopping every Thursday at the Forum. I'm like, why don't you go on?" Try and like meet him. He's like, mate, you wouldn't get near him. No, like, there's twenty. What he rolls with. Yeah. And at I was, the Super Bowl, he walked into a hotel, <laughs> right? And then there was Michael Irvin, there's Broner, um, uh, Shannon Briggs. So I met all these superstars at the Super Bowl when I was in Miami about four years ago. When and then Mahomes walks into our thing after the game, after they won their first Super Bowl, into our nightclub. So there's but Mayweather walks in. He's got about thirty people around him. Jeez. 30 people. And that's when um, Mike Tyson always says he's not the king because Muhammad Ali walked by himself. So if he's got people protecting him, he's not the greatest ever. Because if you're the greatest, you don't need someone to protect you. But, 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 but Mayweather walks with a lot of people. But <laughs> Morocco golf. Tay-Tay. Tay-Tay's got a few. Mate, why would you bring – we're not in, in the same park. 
Mate, what's wrong with he you? He loves Tay Tay. He's so invested in their relationship. I love their relationship. So do you. Gemma was, called, telling me, Gemma was telling no. me, your wife was telling me that you are very invested in the Travis Kelsey-Tay-Tay relationship. I bought his jersey four years ago before he was famous. I'm burning it. I'm not going to have Tay-Tay on the back. Mate... <laughs> mate, he's, mate, my next year he'll run out as Travis Swift. Travis Swift. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it'd sell a lot of jerseys. It'd sell a lot of jerseys. No, but mate, I, do you know what? I love Vegas. I love what it, I love what it can do for people. Like so many people have come here and mm, made like made it. And I'm not talking. I'm not a gambler. Like I don't no. sit on the tables and do that. But they come here. There's always something to do. Great restaurants and great shows. It's the entertainment mm. capital. So why not bring our great game here? Oh, and by the way, so and I'm talking about celebrities. I'm playing golf. So talk about walking up to people. Anyway. I played golf the other day. Jerry Rice played a group ahead of me. NFL legend. Did you get a second No. Why? I'm not no. like you, Ben Dobbin. Couldn't we get a photo to show that is it? I saw I him play. Photos, he wore all blue. Oh, you do, mate. And then you would be saying, oh, oh, mate, and I was talking to Jerry Rice the other day, and you'd do that. Exclusive, Mr. Exclusive. Do you want an exclusive? Yes. Our man got asked for a photo last night on the strip. <laughs> they thought John Candy was in town. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. All right. Awesome. John Candy. Yeah. Thanks, Gordy. There it is, the final episode of the scorecard in the books. I hope you enjoyed it. It was a bit different, focusing in on one sport and uh, a longer format interview style, which I really enjoyed and hope you did as well. And I'm not sure what's coming next for me in a podcast sense, but rest assured that uh, I will do something. I love the format too much and I love sport too much. I love talking too much. So something will come. Uh, If you want to stay across whatever it is next, make sure you get uh, on my socials at Liam J Flanagan on Instagram is the best way to stay across whatever comes next for me personally. Uh, To the listener family, thank you for your support. You've been incredible. Matt Curry once again, cuz you're an absolute legend and none of this would have happened without you picking up and fixing all my mistakes over the years. So thank you once again. All right, for the final time, I'm Liam Flanagan. Enjoy your weekend of sport. And that's it. Listener.